Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles, Juan Posada on the buttons, Mr. Jim. Just Mr. Jim. I'm going with Mr. Jim today uh, in the peanut gallery. And we also have Father Jim Cosgrove live in studio. Father, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for having me. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be. Ep- I was telling Dave I'm a huge fan. I've seen all, or listened to all four episodes. Yeah. Oh, so good. I've, good. I'm ready. So you're ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I've done my research. Uh, <laughs> I'm it, excited. Thank you, guys. No, we, it's going to be awesome. We need one more glass. Does anybody have a glass? Anybody? Oh. Anybody? Haley may be watching right now. Haley, if you're watching, could you bring us another glass? That would be awesome. I would greatly appreciate Oh, you know what? Never mind. Just kidding. Look at that. Look. It's in the background. I got another glass right there. That's like a magic trick. Uh, So, Father Cosgrove. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Father Jim. Do you, do you actually prefer Father Jim or yeah, Father Cosgrove? Yeah, where do you go? Father Jim. Okay. So, I'm at a parish I mean, right I've only been that... hanging out with you for the last, like, three days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been calling you the wrong thing the whole time. <laughs> Who's that stranger that's living in our house? <laughs> eating all our food. Um, I go by Father Jim. Okay. At the parish I'm at, though, their, their tradition is that they always called priests by their last name right but then religious brothers by their first name so they just out of habit call me father Cosgrove, but i go by father jim okay so father jim you are not from tulsa i'm not where are you from cleveland ohio the diocese of cleveland diocese of cleveland yeah man um and you've been hanging out like you unfortunately got the short end of the stick whenever it came to uh, vacation time and True. Had, to, had to come a- come hang out with us so uh, I received a very tough penance to come to Tulsa. No, uh, I <laughs> I was ha- had another vacation planned, and uh, because of COVID, it didn't work out. And so I was uh, looking at the map of the United States, and I wanted to go somewhere on an adventure, right? Uh, somewhere I had not been, and I was looking at uh, Montana for a while, and then I go, what's what's that state down there? And uh, no. <laughs> Had never a reason to go to Oklahoma right. before. I'm like, what's in Oklahoma? Does anybody live in Oklahoma? And then after one of your shows, I'm like, oh, these guys are from Oklahoma. I wonder if they know, like, if there is anything down there. And uh, <laughs> long story short, there are at least four people down here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 But no, it's, it's funny because awesome. the state almost looks like a, if you look at just the shape, it almost looks like a hand with a finger pointing. It's just Somewhere like, keep just going. keep on going. Yeah, just keep on going. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. But you know what? I'm fine with that because none of the none of the uh, like expatriate uh, Californians are moving here. True. So it's so, great. So we're we're good. With, we're okay good with thing. that. I actually I'm yeah. I'm really happy about like yeah that's you know thing. there's nothing to do in Oklahoma. I'm I'm just keep that's on our tripping. if that's our our like <laughs> our rap our national rap it's like sweet. I'm good with that. Yeah. So before he got here, I made sure everybody took their horse and buggies. We parked them all. You cleaned in, up nice. In Broken Arrow. You cleaned so. up nice. Yeah, I mean, people don't realize how spacious a TP really is. Right. I would imagine. I, thanks for putting yourself out. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So I actually, on the subject of TPs, have literally built a two-story TP. Really? Yeah. In Michigan. I've, sh- I've showed you oh, the pictures. Oh, yeah, that's right. It? I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I, uh, there's this, we have this cabin in Michigan. I'm, I'm going there next week. Okay. And there's a pine forest. So there's all these like pine trees that just fall down. And uh, my brother and I, a couple years ago, got a bunch of them, built a huge teepee out of just pine logs. Yeah. And it was two stories. We built furniture on the inside. No there was way. a swing. Yeah. It was incredible. How many people could you fit in not that many. total? Okay. Uh, not that many. I mean, like, if you were just cramming in, like, 
we're just going to see how many physically we can fit in like maybe 20 if you know you're That's still like you're 20 you're occupying like your standing space 20 human oh. beings yeah still pretty good i mean you're not gonna be able to move yeah It'd uh, be like sardines. Dave, why don't we you inter- let's, like I'm sitting here looking at this drink and I'd like to uh yeah, yeah, yeah. try it out. Uh, so this, this is, is G- this Jim, is Jimbo's. Mr. Jim. Mr. Jim. Oh yes. Jim Mr. and I Jim were talking Bo's. that he is the the Wilson of home improvement <laughs> for this show. All right. We'll That's, never know what he looks like. You never at least only part I'm of, only part of the face. Only part of the face. Yeah, you saw his like forehead, didn't you? Yeah, you saw like right here. It was incomplete. Did, oh, you saw his eyes? Yeah, you saw his eyes. It was mm-hmm. an incomplete Interesting. relationship. At least I, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Anyway. Uh, I don't remember it, seeing it, his it, eyes, but it was, I don't, yeah, it was yeah, a long time ago. Anyway, uh, let's. We're, we're drinking a little bit of Ardbeg Wee Beastie today. So this is the newest newest product that I'm aware of out of the Ardbeg Distillery. Um, just a Wee Beastie. It's just it's a Wee Beastie. They call it it's Wee Beastie. It's only five years old. Mm-hmm. So it's a young guy. Yeah, it says young and intensely smoky with a rich, explosive mouthful oh. of chocolate, tar, and savory meats. Mm. Love now, me some tar. Now, is it chocolate tar? No, or chocolate, is it chocolate comma, comma tar, comma sa- and mm. savory meats. Okay, I'm just uh, cracked curious. black pepper and sappy pine resin on the snout. Hmm. On the snout. Yeah, I like how they. How, how, as long <laughs> as they got that tar in there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so after that delicious. Uh, Enticing description. Yeah, let's raise let's our glass. It. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. <laughs> Cheers to Jesus. It smells like Ardbeg. It does smell like Ardbeg. So Ardbeg is going to be uh, the typical tin has. Would be the Irishman who didn't do any of the things you're supposed to do. Everyone's sniffing it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Life is short, folks. Hit me again, <laughs> uh, Father. That's not the way we roll here on the Catholic Man Show. <laughs> Uh, can I get another one? Yeah. I'll start over. Leave the bottle. <laughs> so Ardbeg typically has this iodine, uh, a little bit of smoke, a little bit of peat, <laughs> but it's more iodine-y compared to the Laphroaig or Lagavulin. Right, yeah. So that's... The iodine to me is the hmm. distinguishing quality of of Ardbeg. You get iodine in other other whiskeys, but it's just it really comes through nicely in Ardbeg. Just that nice formaldehyde iodine maybe you know really great stuff the stuff of angels yeah this one definitely if, if you were to have given to this to me i'd have said that is ardbeg uh i'm not and i would say it's not the regular ardbeg but it it's is not ardbeg 10 yeah, but it is definitely ardbeg the cracked pepper at the end is very prominent I, that, actually that i can't taste yeah that is it is yeah. is very mm. strong and so it's only 36 37 dollars here is that right is that say 35 it says 36 99 okay, so, so 37 bucks uh, what is a non wee so the 10 runs around well before it had been running about 42 dollars mm-hmm. before the tariffs kicked in okay i have not purchased one post tariff so i don't know what it is currently um my guess would be about 50 bucks rough okay. probably Roughly. right yeah. um and I don't know if this is a pre or post tariff price either. This thirty six ninety nine. However, at thirty six ninety nine, you can let's just compare that to the forty two or forty three dollars of the ten. The margins on this have to be crazy higher. They're only aging it for five years, you know, and charging only a few bucks less. Uh, I would I would guess the profit margins on this particular bottle are higher than than the Ardbeg ten. I would like to try an Ardbeg ten next to it because. 
from my, you know, I, I'm very this familiar with This tastes a lot like it. It, it. But it's it's a little bit more complex, I think, than the tin. Uh, it, this has a little bit more sweetness to it, I think. It does. I get a little bit of turtle shell right Ooh, there at the end. turtle shell. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. I yeah. taste alcohol. I just made that up, but uh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> really? I don't know what it is. It's actually really good. Yeah, it I is. do like it. It's I do. Very good. It's very good. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, the... I'm, I'll definitely buy this again. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about the theology of the face. We are. I'm really excited about this because when you yeah. told me that this was kind of like your your thing, you know, this was like what you did your dissertation on. Is that correct? Or your thesis? Master's project thesis. Project, yeah. yeah. Um, I was very interested in it. Cause it was, yeah. I, how What's you, amazing is a lot of it is what people already know or what they were uh, taught or brought up with. Like nothing is like a huge revelation, but I don't think that we've spent enough time on it. So it is somewhat new, but I think the the presentation of it through the church's eyes, especially sacramentally, is um, definitely worth investigating and praying over, and it deserves another reveal. Some would say maybe ever ancient and ever new. There you go. Somebody may say that. Someone. I think I just made that up. So I would venture to say that (laughs) this is one of the things that is so ordinary that people don't ever think about. Yeah, uh, there are just certain things in life that are so common mm-hmm. to our everyday experience. You don't you don't ever stop to ponder their significance, right? Um, and it seems like this might be yeah one of especially those especially this time. I mean, just to to notice people, mm-hmm. you know, because there's there's so much distraction. Some of it's good, and especially you know with technology today, the 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 connections that we're making, there those are good things, um, but it never replaces the the real, the real time, the the tangible, and uh, I think there are more bad distractions. And so, when it comes to focusing on what what matters and what we should be paying attention to, attention to, it's literally right in front of our face, and we don't right. have to be searching too far. We just look at the person next to us or in front of us, and then to a greater degree, you know, those you're in relationship with, your spouse, your kids, your parents, um, in my case, your your people, mm-hmm. as a as a parish priest so yeah it was it was eye-opening for me and, and changed the whole ball game with with how i minister so uh-huh. well and it was Dave, fun. i think that you do a great job with re- when when you're disciplining your kids or like when you're saying you're telling them to say sorry or thank you or whatever to make sure that they look them in the face when mm-hmm. they're saying it yeah uh, i've you know I've, I've caught you several times saying that to elizabeth or, or mary like make sure you look at them in the face and say you're sorry mm-hmm. and it's those little things that train your kid because when we were talking uh, before the show, I was saying, like, you know, it's interesting that you actually have to train your kid to look people in the face. That's not a natural thing that they do. Right. You know, their their natural reaction is to but look down. But I argue down. that they do. But you, yeah, you came up and you said, no, 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 I think it is natural. It's so, only in their first encounter with sin and shame do they start looking away. Right. Yeah. So, no, exactly. Yeah. So when we get back, we'll continue. We'll pick this up cool. uh, on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. Sweet. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Father Jim Cosgrove, the Diocese of Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, Cleveland, Indiana. There's more. I think there's a Cleveland, Oklahoma. There is. My dad lived there for a little while. Did he? Yes, he did. 
Forsooth. My grandfather, I believe, was the Cleveland High School football coach for a little bit. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Both Adam, Adam and I both have legendary grandfather football coaches. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. My grandfather wow. was uh, inducted into the high school football coaches hall of fame. And so is mine. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Wow. Yeah. In, yeah. Did like, you know that growing up? No. I did. I went to I went to his induction. Like no the Oh the, the, oh, the we. there. Oh. Uh I don't think so. Oh, wait, that's the, that's gotta be a that's very unlikely sweet. thing. Yeah. yeah. There's a uh, an award. There's a Gavula Gavula award given out every year to, in Oklahoma City to like the football player who shows like the best sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Named after my, my father grandfather. Wow. John Gavula. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. anyway. Yeah. We're talking about the face. You and Adam. Yeah, yes. You yeah. were and let's clarify something before we go on. What we're not talking yes, mine about. Mine is beautiful. We're not talking Good. about we got the, that out of the, way. the devotion to the holy face of Jesus. There Correct. is a there is a devotion. Just Which so is that funny because nobody's confused. Right. So we're talking about faces. You have a face. Correct. Theology of people the listening face. to us, you have a face. Mm-hmm. Of varying degrees of beauty. Yeah, when we say holy face, that's I would be referring to to Jesus. To we Jesus all have holy face. faces, yeah, but we're not talking about the holy face of right. Christ. Okay, so I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. And Adam, you were talking about kids being in trouble. Right. And how you have to look people in the eyes. And yeah, it's like you want to train your kids to, when you apologize, if you give a sincere apology, if you really mean it, you look somebody in the face. Mm-hmm. Look them in the eyes and say, I am so sorry. Right. You know, because if you look away, it means you're not sorry. That's what that means. As adults, we have learned, if you mean it, you look him in or, the face. Or just burdened with shame. I mean, they could really mean it, but like they're also scared of right. That's the true. consequence. Okay, yeah, that, that, yeah. that is true. But I, what I was going to say, what I've noticed is that when children are very, very small, they will look at, like when they're getting in trouble, they'll That's look all they at want. you. They're they, looking they stare for their right at face. you because they, don't, they haven't learned the rules yet. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's this period where they go, th- you know, mm-hmm. when they're turning two, they're starting to, they're old enough to where they can... Get in, start to uh, get in trouble for stuff. Right, they, they haven't really learned the rules, right. you know. But then they quickly know the rules. Yeah, and that's when they they start looking away. Because now it's or like down. when they look at you, they have to encounter you. Right, you know, encounter the the person that they've hurt. Yeah, yeah. And, and in a, in a, I mean, you could argue the if you're if you're taking the spirituality and the theology out of it, you know, just the obviously nonverbal communication is is super strong. The majority yeah. of communication, but. Even if the parents are looking at their their infant and all they do is smile, while the rest of the parent like the hand is is feeding the child, is bathing the child, is being physical like physical touch with the child, you could argue the hand is doing more, but the baby's not looking for the hand. The baby's looking for mom and dad's face. You know, there's so much to that. There's so much to that, and only when there is something wrong that they see that face is now altered. Uh, either out of uh, disappointment or anger or just any human negative reaction to, up, oh, you broke the rule. Mm-hmm. That's when I think that shame comes in and the, the kid starts avoiding the face in those moments because, like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Give me the hand again. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just, it's, it's, it's overpowering because there's such a potentiality uh, in the face because it's, it's part of who we are as created sons and daughters. I mean, there's a divine connection. Um, given through the face and so you don't want to make god mad right right mm-hmm. i try i try not to i try pretty hard sometimes yeah so i think that it is interesting that you know this is something that obviously they don't they don't realize that this is that this is what's happening is that mm-hmm. they're shameful and so they're looking down maybe not 
uh, maybe subconsciously like, oh, I, I, I look down. But you have, to, you have to teach them to look them in the face. And one of the things that my dad did for me when I was young growing up is, I, and I'm very grateful for, is that, you know, he taught me, when you talk to somebody, you look them in the eyes. Right. You have a firm handshake whenever, yeah. you, whenever you shake somebody in the hand. You know, these my dad would things. tell me when I wasn't. Oh, oh my, mine too, yeah. He'd stop whatever I was saying, look at him. Right. Wait, oh. look at him. Oh, yeah. good, yeah. Especially That's, shaking hands. Mm-hmm. Look at him. Look at him in the eyes. Yep. Yeah. And but, but there is something about that. Mm-hmm. There's something about making sure you're making eye contact. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you're born, a newborn has terrible vision. They can see about, like, did we have this conversation in the car? No. Oh, okay. I. That's true. They say. That's my, they, niece, my niece definitely saw me. Well, when I held her. Just, no doubt. I mean, miracles happen every day for the mm-hmm. gym. They say that a child can see about, like, I don't know, 12 inches. It's, mm-hmm. it's the distance from when a, when a mother is nursing her child from the, where the baby is to her face. Yeah. That's how far they can see. Yeah. And, and so that they can, even from the very beginning, the, the child can see the face of the mother. I never put that together. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, and that makes sense. They also say that our eyes, our vision is such that we can identify faces from a long way off even mm-hmm. people with bad vision mm-hmm. can still recognize a face you know isn't that weird like you can't yeah you can't distinguish stuff but you can recognize people's faces even mm-hmm. though you can't see very well uh and a face is is could be as unique as a fingerprint i mean mm-hmm. i know a lot of blind individuals who need i mean not if, if the person isn't talking they need to feel the other person's face like oh i recognize you now just because really no oh yeah yeah, because like the muscles are formed and each and they're so sensitive to that. And it's yeah. obviously a learned skill. Sure. But um, I, yeah, faces are fingerprints. They're just as unique and you can uh, identify someone. Yeah, just by feeling their face. And we had talked about that a little bit earlier, too, that even the, the touch of the face is so intimate that I think the the superficial part of of that relationship, that encounter is is recognition. But it can actually go so much more into the intimacy of, of the actual relationship when you touch someone's face. Faces are crazy, man. Yeah, faces yeah. are crazy. Like we were talking about this uh, before you before you got here, Dave. Is like in in movies, what happens when there's the the, the pinnacle moment? Of, they look each other in the look, eyes. They look each other in the eyes, either in a romantic sense, the the, the guy touches the woman's face, or even like in a war. war a war movie, like the guy gets is blown up in half. He's screaming. The, his buddy comes up, looks him in the face, like kind of grabs him by the head, and say, "Hey, hey." You know, and focus, focus. Uh, you're going to be okay, it, whether or not he is. But I mean, it, but it gives the guy a sense of comfort, mm-hmm. knowing that he's being he's being touched. He's being he's the, there's this connectivity there, especially moments yeah. of, of helplessness. Uh, we were also talking about um, just favorite parts of of my priesthood. What I found surprising and uh, just grace filled is is hospice ministry, uh, ministering mm-hmm. to those who are dying. And in that moment, they are they can be terribly scared, um, or just worried about their family. Just you know, and but they're helpless. They can't take care of themselves anymore. They know the end is near, and sometimes they they cannot respond. The hearing we say is is the last thing to go, um, but touch can also be there to some degree, especially on a very exposed, vulnerable part of the body. Mm-hmm. So when you go in and you and you see your loved one, you know, lying there on the bed. What do family members do? They might fix his or her hair. Right. Uh, or just, you know, mm-hmm. kiss him on the cheek. You know, it's more than just the hello. And especially in moments of, of fear, what is a privileged position in the, in the priesthood is 
I've been given access to the face face in that way. So if it if it calls for it, and it seems appropriate. Like I don't go in there to shove my face in, into somebody, but I I you you could tell that there is a need for comfort in a very intimate way, and I often um, just when I greet them, will place my hand on the side of their head, you know, maybe fix their hair, but just like rest it there, uh, almost on their cheek, and they swoon. Like there's almost like, oh, thank you. Mm. Like to have not just any touch where, you know, they, they might be cleaning them, but like this is such, you care about me. Mm. And like and in the war situation or in the romantic situation, like there is love there and you have my full attention and it, it changes the game, yeah. Well, I might be jumping the gun here, but an- another thing that it strikes me is that I believe humans are the only ones that I can think of. There, are, there might be a- another animal out there, but who unite face to face. Yes, in the sexual embrace. Mm-hmm. You know, humans unite face to face. Also, how we eat, right, and how we speak, because mammals will be eating probably what's on the floor, and their faces are constantly down in their food, mm-hmm. where we choose to sit facing each other. Right. When we eat. every intimate part of our our human life is oriented towards the other person, specifically yeah. the face. It's funny how sex and food go together. Always. So much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like here you have the this, uh, you know, intimate union of man and woman. The most intimate thing, you know, communication-wise or just the most... Unity-wise. In, in, uni- yeah, intimate thing you can do to... If, you know, if we're talking about the face is revealing the person, mm-hmm. you know, to just be a total gift of person to person... Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. To be doing that face to face is okay. So you know, it's profound to think about the mysteries that are going on there. Yeah. No, I yeah, I, I totally agree. So I think we, it would be good to maybe define terms. Okay. Uh, yes. Before, before we get go, like so when you, when you told me theology of the face, I thought, huh, that's interesting. What do you mean? Uh, so theology of the face, so what? the study of of God, uh, written in the face. So we are made in the image and likeness of God, right? So our very being, our created being is a reflection, a resemblance of who God is. And often in, in, in Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, um, because God is now invisible to them, because they are no longer walking with him in the garden, they long for that intimate relationship that they once had in Eden. And all they would want is his face. And they want to walk with God again, and they want to have that, that very, uh, I guess, tangible relationship but all that you hear, all you hear in the Old Testament is how I long to see the face of God. When can I look upon the face of God? Right. But then there's also fear because you were in Exodus. No one can look upon the face of God and live. Right. Right. So they want to see him so desperately, but they know if they do, they'll die. And so Jesus answers that entire. So in comes the incarnation. Bam. And then he reveals more about, obviously, he reveals more about our faces because he chose to have our face. So Jesus is a good way to pick back up on the other side. Always. Always. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sitting here with Father Jim, hanging out with Juan and our uh, our other friend, Mr. Jim. Having Mr. Li- Jim, sir. Having a little bit of a Ardbeg 5. We bestie. We beastie. Beastie. We beastie is also fun to say. I, oh, yeah. 
It's just a wee beastie. Just a wee beastie. Yeah. Just a wee yeah, beastie. Yeah. Um, and we're so we're talking about theology of the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in comes the incarnation. Bam. Which changes the game forever. Forever. Uh, and and changes the idea of of how people long to see the face of God. Right. So and and St. Paul says it beautifully that, you know, before there was a veil uh, put between God and humanity and and no one could look upon the face of God. That veil had to be, you know, down in order for humanity to survive. And with Christ, that veil was lifted. I think that's first Corinthians. I should know that. But, um yeah. So there's a lot with uh, the veil being torn. There's a lot of theology in just that one line of the veil being torn at the crucifixion. Yeah. I, I do think it's fascinating that, you know, in the Old Testament, as you were talking about, and it's all over the Psalms as well, where, you know, turn your face towards us, O Lord. Mm-hmm. Let us, you know, exactly all the stuff you're talking about. That they would even describe God's presence in that way, because that's really what they're talking about is, you know, we're, the, the face of God is a kind of an analogy of his presence, mm-hmm. you know, that they would give him a face. You yeah. know, he's God. He, the, you know, for us as Christians, we kind of take it for granted. Oh, yeah, the, you know, the incarnation. Of course, Jesus has a face. You know, he took on a body. But for the Old, the Old Testament, what a, what a ridiculous notion, yeah. you know, that something, about, something called the incarnation would have ever taken place. You know, so for them to just ascri- describe God in as having a face at all is just kind of interesting yeah. to think about. I think that, that shows how desperate they were uh-huh. and also shows without them realizing it, as we were talking about at the beginning, um, how much they already knew just in in their own humanity, in, in like the natural physiology, you know, just the, the natural law of things, how much the face meant to them yeah. as brothers and sisters. Um, yeah, and that's how desperate they were. They wanted to share in that same level of relationship. So, oh, oh, sorry, so, so how that. does, you know, the theology is the study of God. Mm-hmm. How does the face... Help us study who God is. How does the face study who God is? Because, well, what we talked about, the face can can show intimacy, um, and it can express emotion, especially love, in ways that other bo- parts of the body can't. Mm-hmm. And the face of Christ, as we can imagine in, in all the, the gospel stories, conveyed so much love and compassion and peace and if we sit down and think about, well, wait a minute, when he became like us, he could have taken on any other face, mm-hmm. you know? He could have been some, I don't know, some half-man deity something, I don't know. And, but he, he chose ours right. to, to indicate that, wait a minute, while he is Lord and, you know, he is Jesus— um, we've possessed that window into the divine all along. Um, and in fact, it's clearer and more fulfilled because now he is incarnate. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes yeah? sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Does that answer the question too? I don't know. Did it? Yeah. Okay. And there's times all throughout the New, New Testament where where this is showcased, right? You, you were talking earlier about like what happened with the woman who's going to get stoned. Uh, oh, yeah. Can, uh, can you imagine, like, I mean, uh, the Passion of the Christ portrays her on the ground. She, I mean, she had to have been lower uh, about, you know, facing what was uh, put upon her, her sentence. Um, and then when it was done, she had to look up or, or face the one who saved her. 
And can you imagine? Gosh, you know, there's a there's a painting that I have on my phone, which I don't have, and I don't even know who it's by. Uh, so I set that up for failure. But it's a beautiful painting of that that moment that she knows she's saved, and it's so vulnerable. And to match that vulnerability, she has no mask on at that point. She is just all her sins are exposed. Her fear is exposed. Mm-hmm. The first person she would want to look at is the person who saved her. And can you imagine what that face conveyed? And wait a minute, that's the same face that I have and you have. And because we are baptized in his sonship, holy smokes, we have that same power to bestow that sort of grace and peace and forgiveness even. Uh, And I'm talking about that sacramental forgiveness and confession. I mean, just like making amends. I mean, there's so, there's so much to it. There's so much to it. Well, and then also not, not necessarily in the Bible, but with, with Veronica, you were telling me about Veronica, which blew my mind. Yeah, and the the beautiful irony of of how we are looking for the face of God is that more than that, the, the greater gift and the greater grace is allowing him to see us. So we long to see him, but the bigger gift is him being able to see us. So when we're looking at, you know, Veronica wiping the face of Jesus, we imagine what an act of kindness, what a gift to wipe away the blood and the sweat and the tears. No doubt it is. But what was the gift? It was allowing him to see her face. Mm-hmm. Because it's not that, oh, you know what? I want to get cleaned up a little bit. It's really hot. It's really sweaty. This is miserable. Mm-hmm. He is crying out for his father on the cross, right? He is always in relationship with the father. But in that moment of excruciating pain, there is blood all over his eyes. And here she comes to wipe away his face. And the gift is, there you are. The, who he's giving his life for, Veronica, humanity. But Veronica, you are the faith. There's my father. I'm looking at you, and you are, you are the window to the father. So the gift wasn't just the act. It was allowing him to see her. Mm. You know? Yeah. Which I've is never just, thought about that. <gasps> yeah. yeah. No kidding. Because, yet, I mean, even in adoration, it's we go to adore the Lord. But what's really happening? He wants to look at us. We're looking at him. But the greater gift we're giving him is the opportunity for him to look at us and pour out his grace and pour out his love on us, which is just incredibly humbling. So the face reveals the person. You know, like when, I, when you look at a, somebody else, you see their face, now you're seeing them. You're not just seeing yeah. their nose or their forehead. You know, you're seeing the person. If you just look at their hand, the hand does is a part of the person, but it doesn't mm-hmm. reveal the person yeah. in in the same way that you know the face does, especially the eyes. Right. And, you know, yeah. there's just so much in the eyes. And it, that's because the face alone can communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without getting into sign language and all these, you know, other things. Sure. We're talking about, you know, normal you know, just the normal situation, you know. Oh, nothing says more than the eyes anyway. Right, yeah. exactly. So that I think is like a big part of this because you know we want to talk about or the whole creation all of creation was ama- like a a thing of love god loved us yeah. so he created us he wanted to communicate that love to us um and so that's how we do that with is with our faces you know like you mm-hmm. were talking about earlier the hand is serving the baby but it's because of the face that the baby knows that the mother loves him mm mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. 
I mean, I've never thought about these things. I'm really talking to myself right now when I'm saying all of these yeah. things. It's like, oh, yeah. And I think we all know that. Like, <laughs> right. Duh. Like, we know nonverbals, we know facial expressions communicate so much, but what are we really looking at? Mm-hmm. And that's the whole reason that I did that that one video. Which, is, which I'll be in, put in the show notes, so oh, make cool. sure to go check it out. Okay, yeah. And it was just, they spent four minutes looking at each other, and that opened the door to saying things of such strong substance communicated such love and appreciation um so give the example so you had you had different people in different stages of life sit sit across from each other at a table for four minutes in silence right and then you then you came back in and said okay tell me tell me what happened first of all i appreciate you said that like you had them do this um i totally stole this off youtube because when you're in grad school and you're you know you're you're accomplishing your master's and uh, you really want to do some research, what do you do? You, you spend six hours going down the YouTube hole instead right. before you get started. And so I found this one video. And so there's many videos that are like this. And I just got separate or different sets of pairs. Um, a young, newly married couple, uh, a couple that have been married for, for decades, um, a niece and an aunt, father and a son, uh, two best friends that are guys, two best friends that are girls. And I, I put them in a room and I, I had them talk about each other a little bit, not knowing where I was going with any of this. They just were very brave. And um, I think I gave them a drink afterwards too. And so you can rope them in any way you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I told them just to describe each other. And then I said, all right, I'm leaving you for four minutes. Uninterrupted eye contact, no talking. And uh, if we can post a video, that'd be great. Because yeah, it's hilarious. It is yeah. super funny. It yeah. is awesome. It's edited. And at the end... Of, of that particular video after I came back, first of all, with no talking and no distraction, even for those who weren't super tight, four minutes was not that long. And they all entered in thinking, this is going to take forever. And they all said it was over before you knew it. Mm-hmm. And even if they were uncomfortable and a lot of them are laughing, uh, when it came to the last question, um, which was in one sentence, and it does not have to be definitive, Um, describe who the other person is to you. And just after four minutes of studying, they weren't even studying per se. I don't think they knew they were studying. Just gazing upon the face, what they were able to say about the other person, and maybe more importantly, how the other person reacted to that Mm -hmm. is incredibly revealing to not only that person in that time, but just just representative of, of who we are is what brought people to tears a community yeah you know and they weren't right. super powerful statements right they weren't yeah i mean the the, the father and son the, the, yeah. son the son just said uh you want to do things with me and like the dad was like you know yeah. <laughs> and, all the, and all the dad said was like i knew what he looked like i just haven't noticed this in a while that right. was all he got from that but just by that four minute encounter we had nothing to look at but the face that sentence made him break down. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. So when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, this in relation to confession. Cool. All right. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, Father Jim Cosgrove. We're talking about the holy face. No. No. The not. theology of the face. We're not talking about the holy that face. That shows us the holy we're face. We're indirectly talking about the holy face, but yeah. we're talking about faces. Mm-hmm. 
And their holiness. Right. The holiness of the of faces. In your face. That was for you, Juan. Juan wanted that. He wanted us to see. He asked us how many times we were going to say that. One. I, that My prediction is now. One. Is one. Yeah. Um, but it's funny when I give this talk in the diocese, it's like confess your face off. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So that's a good, that's actually a good transition because mm-hmm. what I was going to say is, uh, you know, like with confession, mm-hmm. two options, face to face, behind the screen. Yeah. I have uh, only confessed, gone to confession once behind a screen, and it was a situation where that was the only way to do it. Right. That's typical of our generation and younger. Uh-huh. They typically will choose face to face, which is very telling of where we are as a society, as an American culture. Like they, when they go in for a God encounter, they'll choose face to face. Yeah. And without getting into like the, because for some people, this is a heated debate on whether or not face to face confession should be allowed. Without sure. getting They're both into valid. That. They're both supported. They're right. Good. I personally prefer face to face. That's what I'm used to, mm-hmm. you know? So that's what I do. Um, but I like it. I want to. There are some theologians that say it's it's incomplete if it's not face to face. Well, you know, I shouldn't say that. Th- that there needs to you need to see the priest's face. There needs to be some right. So you were telling me earlier yeah. you were talking about like just because what did you say in not the rubrics but the the uh, right the right yeah is, or is, yeah and I I wish I should be able to cite it for those who want to look it up. But I know I was surprised when I read that the confessional, if set up appropriately and accordingly, should allow for complete anonymity 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 anonymity. Um, of the the penitent, so the priest should not be able to the penitent at all. However, the penitent should at least, even if it's translucently, be able to see the priest's face. Interesting. His silhouette, his facial features, lighting. Yeah. yeah. So usually, at least what I've seen in in Cleveland when it comes to the confessional boxes, the lights on in the priest's box, but not in the penitent's box. Right. Because you want to see at least part of the priest's face because that is so important yeah well i i think it, i think it is and i mean personally i want the priest to see my face okay you know i want Why? uh because for the same reason when my children have to apologize they have to look the person in the face you know and i'm not once again i'm not confessing my sins to father jim cosgrove i'm confessing them to jesus mm-hmm. you know and i want to tell him i want to tell and uh, and say I'm sorry to him in a human way, right? Because I'm a human, you know. I don't know. I just think that that's the way you apologize. That's the way you say you're sorry. Yeah. Um. And once again, that's just the way I've always done it. Yeah. And so for and, me, that's just kind of more yeah. natural. And some people argue that they're not. They can't make an integral confession unless there is that complete anonymity. So. Right. Which I can respect. Amen. Really, we're not saying I, that. I, right. I just want people to go to confession. Amen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't care how, you, like, as long as it's valid. Yeah. And, and, but what I introduced was that there's a greater window of, of intimacy in face-to-face. So why is it so important? Because of the incarnation. Why is it so important for the penitent to see the priest's face? Because, as you mentioned, it's it's Jesus that they're coming to. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus took on flesh. Mm-hmm. So we can have a physical connection with him, right? Amongst many things, um, but that walking with that 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 human encounter was so important that the priest is privileged to carry on that that presence in his being, you know, in persona Christi capitis, right? Mm-hmm. That like in terms of of being who he is and what he can do, the priest is taking on that that ministerial priesthood. Um, 
And so it's important that the penitent can have some representation of the incarnational God mm. that wants to walk with it's us. It's not just a voice. to look at us. It's not right. just a voice. In the clouds, right? Right, exactly, yeah. Well, and to bring it back full circle, when we were talking about our younger kids, what happens whenever you do something wrong? You're looked down. And so even face-to-face, I have caught myself. What do I do? So I start out looking down. You know, and sometimes when I say something, you know. I go straight for the shoes. Go straight, yeah. Even as a priest. I walk in just by habit, I go straight. Mm. Straight straight to the shoes, yeah. So I'm I'm looking down. (laughs) And then every once in a while, you know, as I commit, as I confess a sin, I may look up at at a glance yeah. to see like what's father doing mm-hmm. uh, is he looking yeah. at me so is brother he, priests you know like what what is he doing how is he yeah. reacting to ooh, boom boom this is a big sin yeah. like what's the really just like i think a lot of times when you're your your son or daughter like you caught you caught him in a big sin or like they may be doing something wrong and then they don't know if you're watching or not and they look over to see if you're watching and they're like oh you caught me you know like that that moment of like i i don't know what's gonna happen yeah but i'm and we made the eye contact. Right. We, 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 yeah. we engaged. Yep. One uh, thing that you said at dinner, Father, that I thought is like kind of funny, but would be a serious moment is during the absolution <laughs> for you to look at, look the, yeah, I look tell the people, priest in the, in the I eyes. I tell people. I mean, if you're, if, if you're in eye line, I mean, if, if you kneel, that's one thing. And if it's just not conducive to the environment, I mean, don't make it awkward and don't do it just to do it. But I think if, if there is a sincere desire to have a more incarnational encounter with Christ, uh, to have a more real-life encounter with him. Um, the sacrament of confession offers that more than any other sacrament. You know, the Eucharist for sure, obviously, right? But I mean, in terms of the human presence before you, the sacrament of, of reconciliation offers more than any, but anything else that opportunity for intense mercy and just incredible authentic connection and what is more pure than the moment where those sins are lifted and they're gone and you can look upon the into the eyes of jesus who's using the priest to do that and so it it is super awkward when they do it but it does it's because it's vulnerable it's weird yeah and our god is weird though and he enters into the weird and and it's beautiful the way he can transform that um because you just see raw humanity in that moment Right. Mm-hmm. You see raw humanity. And I I can only speak for myself, right? That when I've done that, it's they're very different confessions. Right. It, it's it's and I walk out of there I feel like I've grown. Like I know him more in those moments. Mm-hmm. And I often forget, you know, sometimes myself. But when I when I do look at the priest and that priest is just radiating mercy, whoa. Like, okay, yeah, Jesus is a real person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And look just like that. Yep. Well, eye contact is not weird between individuals, between persons who have a deep relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just sit there and stare into your spouse's eyes, that's not weird. Yeah. You you probably do that regularly. Mm-hmm. Well, even in the video that he, he he we were talking about last segment, the 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 older couple Right. They just sat there in total silence, not They gave, were completely they comfortable. They didn't even crack a smile. It no. was just like I'm just and, looking at And you. what did they say? I, I found comfort in that face. Yeah. Yeah. There was comfort in that face. Mm-hmm. Like this Nothing is weird just about it. totally normal. Yeah. This is breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> this is every day the past 40 years. But that's because there's something, un- someone staring you in the eyes, like, 
it's uncomfortable because they see you. They're seeing you. They're right. noticing me and everything I'm doing and exactly. how I'm responding to every yeah. And it's like and you're they're, locked they're in. gonna see all like all of me. Yeah. And newsflash, that's, that's what God does. Right. At all times. Yeah. You know? He's so, watching us like, intently and intimately. How beautiful to have that moment in, in confession. Yeah. And like I do think it would be weird and you could definitely catch a priest off guard <laughs> like I absolve you of your <laughs> like hey, you okay? Your <laughs> sins. <laughs> And you don't have to, like, to hold it. And, of course, I mean, you don't want to break it. And don't, like, power stare. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. It's like, but I Eyes imagine. wide open. I imagine, yeah, right, right. So, I mean, it's if, if, the, if the, the Holy Spirit calls you to have that connection, praise God. But I have to imagine in, in some circumstances, it's very much like the woman that's about to be stoned that mm-hmm. looks up at him for the first time. Yeah. Like, you just forgave me, healed me here. Oh, my gosh. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, part of the reason why I investigated this whole thing is obviously I'm entering into the priesthood at that time. And uh, I wanted to to be aware of it and also just remind my soon-to-be brother priest, as I remind them now, I remind myself even today, you know, the power in that, in that confession because the opportunity to convey the divine, to convey Jesus is so powerful, it cannot be taken for granted. And um, it, a confession changes lives. I mean, especially when people come in and, Father, I haven't been to confession in 35 years. Yeah, I better be looking at you. Yeah, like how mm-hmm. terrible would it be if I'm like, yep, another one. Like, no, like this, you are the yeah. one I left the 99 for. Right. Like, here you are. Right. You yeah. deserve all of, all me. of me. Right. Yeah, because it'd be so discouraging if in that moment when I was telling you, like, oh, I look up at you to see what your what your reaction is, if I catch you, you know, looking at your watch, you know, or like, you know. How many breakup it- songs are like that? You're looking over my shoulder when we kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, that would be. Is that a song? But that would be another one. That'd be disheartening, right? You know, I'm sitting here laying out my life, like pouring out who I am and my faults, and yeah. begging for mercy. And I look over at you, and you're checking the time. Yeah, yeah. this this is why cell phones don't belong at the dinner table. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because they, your face, they you know they take your presence away from the people that you're with. Yeah, when you're distracted by them. Amen. Uh, one thing you said at dinner was that the face is the one part of the body that's always naked. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I've been mulling that over in my head, just thinking about like, okay, after the fall, we clothed our bodies. and But God didn't want to, like almost like he preserved the face in some way from yeah. the stain of sin so yeah. that it we could still have intimacy and union with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, because... It, it seems to me like the fall involved uh, some sort of sexual embrace. You know, they covered their reproductive organs specifically, yeah, you know. Right. But that one union, the face, mm-hmm. was preserved. It's almost like he was in that moment when the decision was made, well, now I'm going to prepare you for when my son comes. Right. So you will be able to recognize him as one of you. And yeah. I can show you that's how much I love you because I want to look like one of you. So if you're listening to this on the radio or podcast... Hop over to our YouTube channel. We'll continue the conversation just for a little bit to kind of tie things up. Cool. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus.